In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that starts with me making a dubious claim about this podcast being special. I am joined, as always, by my The only one? That starts with me making a dubious claim about oh, being special. Then that's, that's fair. Yep, go on. Yep. You're, you're free. <laughs> I'm joined, as always, by assistant... District Attorney Erwin Michael Keith Fabe. Um, he is my partner in crime fighting. And um, if you are new to this podcast, um, we always kind of uh, give an intro on this. Uh, this podcast, we uh, investigate the quote unquote crimes. Those are big air quotes in professional wrestling. Um, we report on them and then send them out to the jury to convict or acquit on this. Um, last week, I went first with crime number one, so this week, uh, we are going to leave it up to D.A. Fabe. D.A. Fabe, what you got? Crime number one. Chat me up about this. All right, so here's the deal. Um, my first one is going to be speeding. Speeding? Uh, speeding. Yep, this is, a, I know it sounds like a misdemeanor, but this is criminal speeding. This is felony speeding from Finn Balor. With the speed at which he flipped that kick last night, <laughs> that is his speeding, because holy cow, was that a snap. That was fast. It was furious. It was... It was intense, and it was out of nowhere. It was like like watching Tokyo Drift, only if it had been good. Uh, that's... One might almost say it was in your face. I mean, it was in Gargano's face. So, Absolutely uh... in Gargano's face. So, yes, speeding is his crime. Um, either that or excessive acceleration, either one. Um but this is this is a felony speeding, so I don't even know how fast he had to be going to do that. But it was intense, and that was lightning quick. It was. It was wonderfully quick. For for those who don't know, I think Finn Balor might be healed now, and everybody's very happy about it. I am extremely happy about it, but we will get to that later. So, oh, that's a later thing. <laughs> Great. I thought I had this really great crime that I came up with. Well, no, your crime your crime is still great and and still worth discussing, but uh, I'm just saying I'm happy with it, and I'll discuss exactly why a little bit more later. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah, he uh, that that was that's an, a level of explosion that really you don't get to see too often these days from from athletes. You get to see it a lot from luchadors, but not from. I realize Finn might might be called a small brawler, but he's still a brawler at best, at, at, at 
I mean, maybe a high flyer. You couldn't call him a luchador, but maybe you could call him a high flyer. Maybe. I don't know. So, um, yeah, that was... uh, uh, that 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 made that made me reconsider my FBI decision on AJ Styles beating Finn in terms of both of them pulling off in a phenomenal a uh, Pele kick. So, yeah. well, that the 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 joy of that one uh, with Finn Balor was how absolutely sudden it was with like. They didn't build up this tension of him coming out and, and looking at Gargano funny or or them. Are we going to, you know, he just came out and stood by him and was like, yeah, we're ready to go. We're going to fight on on the same side. And then, nope, I'm going to kick you in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Right well, in the face. Brilliant choice to have him kick Gargano instead of Ciampa, too, because Ciampa gets some I mean even when Gargano played a heel he didn't get much heel heat like you said it earlier said it uh, on a previous broadcast Gargano's probably one of the best pure faces in the industry um and you know Ciampa Ciampa has played a pretty good heel several times um and so they were obviously looking for Finn to get some heel heat there, and they chose the right person for him to kick. They chose, I mean, the setup was, dare I say, glorious, even though that's main roster. Um, perhaps I should say phenomenal, even though that's main roster. Whatever it was, it was great. It was the real rock and roll is what it was. I mean, you know, we talked about this a little bit on the fantasy booking, but you really never got a chance to experience uh, heel Finn Balor in the Bullet Club. Um, And I came back to wrestling a little bit late, but I came back to it backdoored into WWE. Like, when I stopped watching wrestling, when I came back in, it actually, it was Lucha Underground and Ring of Honor that got my attention first. And then through those, I started following New Japan Pro a bit, and and then I came into WWE. And so um, I went back and I watched a whole bunch of heel Finn Balor in the Bullet Club, and he was vicious, and he uh, was he was everything that they haven't allowed him to be in WWE since uh, at least since main roster. Um, his uh, NXT run, he still wasn't heel, but he was at least allowed to be a little bit more vicious and, and all that, so um, so I'm excited uh, for that, but like I said, we'll, I'll talk about my excitement a little bit later. Uh, but... Sounds good. So, because that's a misdemeanor, are you going to co-charge there? Um... Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, we're filing every charge we can on. I mean, it's misdemeanor, but you know, we can we can throw on. You said speeding, so uh, we can uh, acceleration, excessive acceleration, illegal turn. Uh, <laughs> well played. I like that. <laughs> um, failing to signal. <laughs> so uh, caught in an accident. Yeah. Oh, Re- yeah. Nope. Reckless driving. <laughs> reckless yeah. behavior. That definitely caused an accident. An accident on Gargano's face. (laughs) And and after after that, he went and then he did that drop kick to Gargano in the in the uh, into the 
barricades that put Gargano through the barricades, like into the third row almost. Um, and then the Impaler DDT on the ramps. Uh, there, yeah, I don't think there's a doubt that he turned heel. I don't, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you could maybe argue that he only attacked Gargano. So is he a heel or is he just against Gargano? I don't know. Um, I do know, however, that it was awesome. And this and, is awesome. And so um, we're adding a charge of awesome to all those other uh, charges. Oh. And and I would I would say hands down guilty is 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 at least I mean yeah I'm throwing the book at this one. <laughs> I I am all in on heel fit, and I didn't actually mean for that to rhyme, but I will go with it. <laughs> I am all for it on Prince Devitt. <laughs> quite as well, but no. no. <laughs> but it's good. It was it was interesting because they had him face off with uh, the undisputed era afterwards, and you know there was a lot of people who were wondering if he was going to join the undisputed era on that. Uh, but but I don't think. I don't think he uh, joining him. I think it's better if he um, creates his own sort of uh, Balor Club stable down in NXT. Uh, you know, I mean, we can have two separate heel-ish fa- stables at the same time. Uh, and I don't know. Well, and and we even talked about that a little bit on FBI. That, that another. Another stable does not have to be a good guy stable versus a bad guy stable. You don't have to have, you don't have to have WCW versus NWO. You can have NWO Wolfpack versus NWO Hollywood. You know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so I agree with that crime. I am willing to throw all of my weight behind uh, prosecuting that particular crime of awesomeness, as well as all the uh, misdemeanor. Um, traffic violations. So good quality investigation might be in place here. Oh yeah, we're going to have to watch this uh, very closely over the next many weeks. Not that we weren't going to in the first place, but you know. You know, my initial thoughts when it happened, though, I really thought we were getting a another faction. I thought DIY and him. I really thought my predictions were coming true. <laughs> yes, this is amazing. But I didn't. I didn't think we'd ever get that, and we obviously did not. We got something, maybe even cooler. Maybe. Do you think Triple H listened to the podcast on Tuesday and decided, well, can't do that now? Um, I would love to say yes, but uh, I am going to say most likely no. <laughs> no listens in Connecticut this week, huh? Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I doubt it. Um, unless they've been listening from England, a couple. But um, but yeah, no, I I mean I agree on on that charge, and I think uh, we can kind of close the book on that and move on to crime number two.
Prime number 2. Go for it. What's the crime, brother? Well, actually, before we get to the crime, I do have a little bit of housekeeping to take care of. Um, I've just received a special delivery from the commissioner, who, whoever he is. Um, and this fellow? Yeah, he's 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 our boss. I just have never met him. <laughs> but um, in this uh, uh, special special note, uh, DA Fabe. You have been called up to the main roster. However, the anonymous commissioner has decided that your name needs changed. Wait, my my name needs changed. Yeah, it's it's the condition of the the call up. So uh, you are now VK Fabe. Um, he's fine with you deciding what the VK stand for. Like like Vincent K Fabe. Uh, they that sounds good to me. So. So does this mean I'm not an assistant DA anymore? Um, um, you know, the note doesn't specifically say whether you're uh, assistant DA or not. So I'm going to say you're a DA because um, this is wrestling. You can be whatever you want, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have to be an ass DA is what you're saying. Nope. You're just now DA Fabe. DA Vincent K. Fabe. <laughs> now, in related I like- news. Yeah. It's a, it's a little it rolls off the tongue a little bit better than before. So the Dame K Fabe. Um, I mean, no, that rolled off just fine, but the VK Fabe. <laughs> but in related news, uh, why this is really fitting to happen right there is um, WWE is being charged with numerous counts of littering based on all of the perfectly good names they are just dropping and uh, throwing away when. You know they are, were just fine and and didn't need changed at all. So we're talking about Dominic no longer being Dominic, and now just being Dijakovic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of being Dominic Dijak, now it's Dominic Dijakovic, which is a dumb change. There, you had War Machine come in, and they couldn't be War Machine, which may have been co- uh, copyright related, trademark related. I'm not sure there. But so then they changed them to the War Raiders, and they were the War Raiders down at NXT, and then they come up to the main roster, and now then they were the uh, Viking Experience, and then they weren't the Viking Experience, they're the Viking Raiders, but their finishing move is the Viking Experience. Um, You're the Viking War Machine Raiders experience. experience. Yes. Um, you know, so there's there's that. Uh, you know, of course, um, you In know. recent times, we've had Chad Gable go from Chad Gable to Shorty Gable. And now so to Shorty now, G. Yeah, now, now Thug Life, Shorty G. Yeah. But then uh, at one point, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan just became Harper and Rowan. They lost their first names. Uh, which was stupid. Uh, when Hideo Itami was in uh, NXT and and uh, 205 Live, you know, they didn't allow him to use his way cooler name from uh, New Japan, Kenta. Uh, which is way cooler. You know, it was way cooler. And then, of course, the, the, the list goes on with all of the NXT uh, name changes that have happened recently. Um, oh, yeah. So, so you've got uh, 
uh, uh, Jordan Miles, uh, who recently was in the um, um, breakout tournament, who uh, for a long time wrestled as ACH on the independent uh, scene. Uh, you had, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, that they're just randomly just dropping these perfectly good Well, Trevor Lee is a perfect example. Uh, Trevor Lee was on the Indies for a long time. Uh, and and uh, um, then he comes to the, the uh, NXT and they force him to change his name to Cameron Grimes, which is just definitely not as good, in my opinion. Uh, and then before that, well, I mean, looks looks so much like like Keith Lee. I mean, let's keep the last names together. Yeah, well, they don't look enough like. <laughs> I was having some fun there. Stop. So so yeah, that that didn't work there. <laughs> um, but you know, I, yeah, we already mentioned Dominic Dijakovic. Uh, we had um, C three. Yeah, EC three. You were Derek Bateman, then he became. So, so you're gonna allow him to keep EC three because he can't have Ethan Carter the third, but he can have EC three. But you're not gonna keep Trevor Lee. Yeah. Or um, Dominic Dijak. Yeah, and that's the deal. Like, uh, for uh, Dominic Dijak was by far the best. Uh, name that they just oh, decided yeah. to drop for no reason, you know. Um, you had uh, uh, Rachel Ellering, uh, who changed her name to Rachel Evers and then changed it back to Rachel Ellering because, um, well, f- frankly, uh, she's an Ellering and she should use Ellering in her name. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but there, well, I mean, there's so many. We of get them. this. We get this a lot with with. Uh, some of the main roster guys. I mean, um, you know, I'm trying to think of at least one that they've dropped last names recently. There's been several that they've done it with, though. I mean, um, well, I mean, I mean, the biggest one is El Idolo, Andrade Cien Almas. Yeah. Just became Andrade. Andrade. Yeah. Uh, Tynera Country uh, became Tynera down there. Um, this has been an issue for a long time because remember at one point Tyson Tomko became Tomko. Mm-hmm. You know. I I'm beginning to think that uh they just don't like names. You know what I mean? Like they're they they don't like long names, they're just like, ah, get rid of the names. But I don't even- know. I I because I think here, here's the deal. Like they they kept Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, but they moved Hunter Hurst's lead to Triple H, which actually was a good move. And then they had to ruin Rocky Maivia by calling him The Rock. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was really a ruining. I, no. Well, I but here's trying, the deal. Is trying that, to get some GP. <laughs> that, that was him making the change instead of... Uh, That's true. In all of know. those situations, that was that way. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like... There were so many particular, you know, just perfectly good names, and then they just kind of drop them for no reason whatsoever. And it makes no sense because, I mean, we're talking about uh, wrestlers who've established a following in the independence, and then they just 
Didn't that happen with Big Cast? Didn't they drop the big at some oh. point one, one time? Well, yeah, and, and they dropped the the first part of it because he used to be Cassidy, and they dropped it down to to just Cat. Cat. You know, um, yeah. We already mentioned ACH to Jordan Miles. Uh, DJZ is now Joaquin Wild, which is is. Really wacky, <laughs> stupid name. Uh, uh, Garza Jr., whose real name is uh, Angel Garza Jr., is now just Angel Garza. Uh, which I mean, he he specifically wanted to be Garza, Garza Jr. because he is uh, the grandson of Humberto Garza and the nephew of Hector Garza and the cousin of Humberto Carrillo. Um, and so having this Garza Jr. actually made a ton of sense for him. Uh, but I mean, just even the, the people who've, who've established like perfectly good followings on the indies that get their name changed for no reason. And the biggest one that comes to my mind right now is Punishment Martinez got his name changed to Damien Priest. The- yeah, but he, he, he kind of fits it. I mean, the- <sighs> There's been a character change there, too. Well, but there didn't need to be. There didn't need to be Uh, at all. No, and I'll agree with that. There didn't need to be. In fact, his new character almost has less direction than his old character. You know, his new character, the Archer of Infamy, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? And he comes out and he fires a fake, not a fake, an imaginary bow at the thing. It, it makes no sense. Uh, but Punishment Martinez, it was a very simple sort of character. What does he do? He punishes, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the, Wait, the one... Marvel. Yeah. The one that uh, got, got a lot of play this week, um, because he had a stellar showing on this week's uh, NXT was Isaiah Swerve Scott, who a long time for a long time wrestled uh, on Major League Wrestling and on the Indies as Shane Strickland, with Swerve still as his nickname, and and he had a huge following, and they changed him to Isaiah Scott for no reason other than to separate him from. Well, okay, no, the big reason they changed it is because they don't own a trademark on Shane Strickland, and they can yeah. trade Isaiah Scott. Uh, which then holds him to the company because now if he gets a big following in WWE uh, and he leaves the company, he can't, you know, market himself with that. But that's just, frankly, being... Yeah, but uh, here lies the issue. If that's your thought process, then AJ Styles should be Style and Steve or something, you know? Uh, I agree. Or you know the, all of these all of these characters who they don't own trademarks on because you can't take AJ Styles because it existed long before you had it you know mm-hmm. yeah well and that's uh, the deal it's, it's it, 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 it seems to be yeah. the scattershot treatment of this that they they change some people's names but they don't change other names like Samoa Joe got to maintain his name Samoa Joe um, and AJ Styles got to maintain his name but Prince Devitt comes to WWE and has to change his name to uh, Finn Finn Balor. Which which may arguably be a better name or not. You know? Well, and Cody Rhodes literally can't use his own last name. Mm Mm-hmm. His 
actual legal last name because they somehow managed to convince him to wow. allow them to his last name. Actually, his actual legal last name should be Runnels. Um, okay. I believe, but I'm not 100% on that. But it doesn't matter still. You know, it's it's this company has focused so hard on, hey, we've got to uh, protect our copyrights and all of this stuff that they're they're short-sighted on the long-term benefits. Here's the deal. Cody Rhodes goes off to whatever else he goes off to and uses the same name that he used in WWE. It actually raises WWE's exposure, right? Because they can say, hey, former WWE star Cody Rhodes, uh, now wrestling on another company, uh, you know... Was never a champion here. here. Yeah, he was never a champion here, but he came from here. Come check out where he came from. Uh huh. You know, or Mox. Mox is a really good example. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what what good did it do to have Neville? You know, uh, yeah. he just went back to being Pac when he left, and everybody still knew who he was when he left. Yeah, it's not like people well, even because they were oh oh Neville's not on that show. Well, and Wait. even more than that, I mean, just the simple fact is he uh, he not only did he go back to being Pac, um, but Neville, uh, when they came in, they changed him to Adrian Neville, which is one name change. And then they forced him to drop the Adrian and just become Neville, which is another name change, uh, both of which uh, fall under this crime of littering names all over the place. So... Yeah. And I just think, I think it's one of those things that WWE kind of goes a little crazy over because they focus so much on we need to maintain copyright, we need to maintain control, that they don't, uh, you know, actually think about what's best for the wrestler, what's best for the community as a general, and and for them. I mean, the simple fact is, uh, you go yeah. to an indie. Uh, event and it says former WWF superstar Hacksaw Jim Duggan on it. Yeah, they're not going to a WWE show, but they're still going there because of a WWE WWF superstar. I'm using superstar broadly here, of course. Um, and that raises the WWE's uh, overall exposure, you know? So it's good for them, for these people, to be able to use their name outside of WWE. It really would help WWE, but they're so myopic on we got to have the trademark, we got to have control over this. Um, and I mean, there are a few people that'll get away, you know, that for some reason they get away with it. Mike Kanellis was able to uh, use a, a real name, not his name, of course, Kanellis is his wife's name, but... Um, when he came there, and so, like we said, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles were able to use their names, um, but then you've got other people that, for some reason or other, you just say no, and it makes no sense on whom. But well, and it's not, you know, it's not just there are a lot like, of people I mean, who might have tuned in to NXT because they used to follow Isaiah Scott or I mean Shane Strickland on MLW, but they don't know that Isaiah Scott is Shane Strickland. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or maybe they do, but a lot of people I bet don't. Um, well, on the and, and I think 
this would be a great way for them to be like, look, we support the independents. We sign these people and bring them and 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 make them superstars. Uh, but instead, they force them into weird, stupid gimmicks like Emma. And I think one of the things that that is telling about this is how many people. So of the of the people that have gone from WWE to something else. I wasn't confused about Diesel being Kevin Nash. Like, I knew that was the same dude. And I knew that that Scott Hall was Razor Ramon. So even in 96, this didn't work to try and hold those names away. And it didn't work even in the 2000s when Kurt Angle was still Kurt Angle, you know, um, or vice versa, where it wasn't Kurt Angle and it was, you know... um, say abyss or, or whoever it is um or today john moxley oh no who's john moxley i can't imagine who that is well, yeah it's dean ambrose <laughs> I mean, but but the inverse is if someone is a fan of an independent wrestler and doesn't necessarily watch WWE for whatever reason. There are a lot of people who don't watch WWE because they don't like their politics or they don't like this or, or it's their their product they think is weak or whatever. Um, but by changing the name when they bring Shane Strickland in or or Cameron Grimes from Trevor Lee or whatever, you you limit just their knowledge of, hey, we've signed this independent guy. Uh, it's really easy to just not know that that you know Cameron Grimes used to be Trevor Lee, and so you don't turn on NXT. You know. Yeah. Well, and it, imagine so Orange Cassidy gets signed by WWE, and suddenly you have you know what what uh, lemon lemon pints all I don't know what you want to call him, but you know oh, they wouldn't know what to do with Orange Cassidy. No, they would they would totally misuse that character. But so anyway, but no, I mean just as an example, I mean, here's the deal. That's a dude that has a following. Um, you know, it, uh, well, uh, Sean Spears. Mm-hmm. Oh, he had he had more of a following as Sean Spears than he did as Ty Dillinger. Um, nobody was really all that hurt by not having Ty Dillinger there. Everybody's pretty excited to have Sean Spears there. You know, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't add up. You're not, they're not allowing them to bring to the table what they can bring, i.e. Prince Devitt, i.e. You know, some of these others that we have. Um, And at the same time, they're not sending them out without, you know, it's not gaining them anything in, in preventing them from, the competition using that name like the competition still getting that talent and everybody knows who they are yeah because you've made them big like you're not taking anything away when you take away their name kind of like exactly so yeah and i'm so happy to be vincent kennedy fabe <laughs> I figured you'd be happy for that. <laughs> I love this promotion. It's the best promotion ever. It is. <laughs> because we have control. That's right. 
But so I think that's all I really have for Crime 2. Just, you know, I think they've been littering all these perfectly good names around. And uh, it, the, the shorty G kind of put me over the edge here. You had Chad Gable, who is very charismatic and uh, very, very talented. By the way, that was his name as an Olympian, just so everybody's aware. Shorty G? Yeah, no, Chad Gable. <laughs> well, but that, I mean, ultimately, that's the deal. Is I mean, he, he basically could have been Kurt Angle 2.0, uh, but instead, he's now Shorty G. That's because they never allowed him to have any character development. He was just... He was just the little overcomer, the little engine that, oh, you're a tiny guy. We're going to call you the little engine that could. Yeah. You know, but, we'll call you Shorty G. By the way, Chad Gable's Olympic name was actually Charles Betts. Um, because that's his real really? name. Yes. Oh, I thought his real name was Chad Gable. Nope. Nope. Charles Betts. Well, I'm, I'm so sorry for being wrong. Yeah. Yeah, so um, you are charged with being wrong. Um, and guilty. We'll, I'll, I'll plea right now. Settle that in small true. claims court. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, the thing is, you know, he, he'd he been wrestling uh, in WWE since 2015. So there's a question, like, why, yeah, why do you change him from Charles Betts? You bring him in because he's a legitimate... A legitimate um, standout wrestler at one point in his life. Like he's in the category with Brock and and Kurt Angle. He's above the category where um, where say Dolph Ziggler was, which means you can change Dolph Ziggler's name. Ziggler's name. He wrestled in college. Okay, he wasn't like an All American or anything in college. I don't think. Maybe he was, but. He's not. He wasn't a well-known champion at Kent State. Like I know they like to talk about it now, but he's still just Dolph Ziggler, you know. Yeah. So but why that, do you keep those guys' legit names and then get rid of, you know, Charles Betts? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I, you know, I can see uh, Charles Betts. Uh, yeah, he was an Olympic, Olympi- an Olympian, uh, um, in 2012, but he didn't really go far in the Olympics. Um, he defeated uh, Jordan Holm 2-0 to zero in the finals of the Olympic trials. Um, he defeated someone in the qualification round, round, but then was eliminated in the next round by a dude from Cuba. So, he made it to the Olympics, but he didn't actually do much. And So, I can understand changing his name from that. But then in 2015, uh, he debuted at an NXT house show and then debuted in January 8th uh, on an ep- episode of NXT losing to Tyler Breeze under the name Chad Gable, um, which apparently is a nod to uh, an Olympian named Dan Gable. I don't follow Olympic. Yeah, that's wrestling. right. Well, Dan Gable is probably the greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah, I don't follow Olympic wrestling, so I don't know. But but so 2015... Dan Gable lost one match ever in his career. Yeah. Not trying to take anything away. I just don't follow. But my point is 2015. 2015. For four years, he's wrestled as Chad Gable on WWE. Right? And then they just decide to start him in this stupid 
stupid thing with with uh, Corbin. You're short. Ha, 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 yeah, ha, ha, you're ha, short. Ha ha. We'll point. And then we'll send Caleb Braxton, who is like four inches shorter than him, to come up and make fun of him for being short and ask him stuff. You know, it's it just makes no sense. Yeah, he's short, but guess what? He could probably wipe the floor with 90% of the legitimate wrestlers on WWE. Like, he yeah. is good. And his suplexes are phenomenal. And and you, you make his whole gimmick that he's short. So now he calls himself Shorty G because that's shorter. And it just makes no sense to me. Oh, things dumb. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to... Yeah. I agree with this crime. We will we will prosecute and send it to the jury. I, Time for deliberation. Yes. So now we will move on to crime number three. Crime number three. What you got for me? Crime number three. Um, gosh, I really hadn't put nearly enough thought into this, uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go yet again with um, NXT last night um, on yet. I, I don't want to say storytelling again, because that's what I used last week. Um, but the, the, the design of this Roderick Strong storyline right now is so incredibly phenomenal. It's 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 bent. It's it's built around you know um, the undisputed era, really kind of manipulating everything that that their commissioner do, uh, William Regal does. Um, okay, I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna give William Regal the crime. William Regal, the crime of lack of foresight. So he is not looking far enough ahead in in driving. I don't know. I'm going to make it a driving crime of some type. Um, But he is not reading the road two to ten seconds ahead at all because they are working him as the Undisputed Era. (laughs) (laughs) They have played every little loophole that they that he has thrown at him and they're still draped in gold regardless of the super kicks regardless of the number of challengers for adam cole baby um they're all still draped in gold and william regal you're not really catching him off guard all that much no i mean he he threw Roderick into that triple threat, but it, it, obviously it wasn't uh, enough because Roderick came out of that smelling like roses. So yeah, well, and then the week before, you know, oh, well, we're gonna have a number one contenders with one of these two guys that we think could just annihilate you. All right, that's fine. I'll just attack him during it. You know, and so I know it's a, it's a chess game back and forth, but every time, every time. William Regal throws them a, a curveball, they have an answer for it. Mm-hmm. And so I I am in I am incredibly number one, it's how it's how you should do a 
commissioner or general manager or whatever role you want to call them because they change them all the time whatever role you're going to give that authority role William Regal does it almost perfectly um, and and that is beautiful the response power of of the Undisputed Era is golden I mean the there's a reason they're draped in gold because their responses are absolute golden to every single thing William Regal throws at them. Um, the only thing I can see that, that he could throw at them would be put them in matches against each other. That's really all I could ever see, but it has to be title matches. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, ultimately I, I think What's going to have to happen is kind of what we talked about before, the Undisputed Era, like on the fantasy booking. They're going to have to implode before anything can really happen, because obviously Regal doesn't have a way to control them. No, I mean, you think he's, you think he's got them. I mean, every, every week he has something different that he's, ah, oh, I finally got them. I got, I got those, I mean, it's, it's. It's very reminiscent of DX and Vince. Very reminiscent of DS, DX and Vince. Um, but it's done in in the modern general manager commissioner mentality, where you know it's I'm not the, he, he's not the owner. He, he doesn't even act like he's the owner. He's just the guy trying to keep order, and and he's getting outwitted left and right and it's it's wonderful storytelling but more importantly um he plays he plays this i finally got him mentality i finally got you you're gonna have a triple threat well there's no dq in triple threats and it didn't go the way i thought it was gonna go i thought it'd be a dq just um all of them come out beat the crap out of him and he takes the win but um you know it's it's good storytelling nonetheless yeah and i mean ultimately that kind of brings us uh at least a little bit to talking about just last night's wrestling was phenomenal on both shows yeah it really was and and i was gonna talk about that under misdemeanors uh but you know i just feel like a broken record aw and nxt have both uh just put on excellent shows every week especially this week and Raw and SmackDown last week were a bit of a disappointment all around. So I mean, we've got it's we've got, really easy right now to to issue positive crimes because of what happens on Wednesday night. And maybe it's because it's it's right in our mind on a Thursday evening when we record this. But it's so much easier to issue a positive crime. Like the best I can do is, hey, William Regal, you're a great actor for being a dumbass. You know, like that's the most negative I can be. But his character is just getting outsmarted by a group of four guys. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I love it. I I love the story that's being told. I love that I can't predict the story. Yeah, that's the other thing because I thought I had it predicted, and I don't remember if we did it on the show or if we were just talking about it last week. But I was like, no, dude, it was brilliant, undisputed error because I had watched it before you last week and you had watched it before me this week Mm -hmm. um i was like no dude it's totally when you watch it 
I guarantee you what's going to happen is Undisputed Era is going to come out and that triple threat beats the crap out of him and Roderick's going to get a free win and it'll be another uh, William Regal curveball thrown at that. And it wasn't, but it was still cheating. Yep. So, still open the door for cheating. Um, I love it. I love that I can't predict it. I love that that it has loopholes nonstop. I love that it's the same way in the women's division. You know, um, I love the Shayna Baszler. I'm going to create fear even when it's a crappy inner or crappy vignette. Um, God, I mean, she just looks mean. Um, everything they're doing about it is, is so well written. And I know you rated NXT a little above AEW or AEW. AEW a little above NXT last night. Just and a hair. Part of the reason that I can't really put AEW, I, I don't, I don't have much for AEW is I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I've been so dang busy. But what I've seen of NXT, I, if it's better than NXT, I'm excited to watch it later tonight. Yeah, be excited because it, like you say, I mean, it's all subjective, my personal opinion. Um, however, uh, I think the best way to put it, uh, Michael Sidgwick on uh, What Culture WWE has been using the phrase emotional heft recently uh, to describe a lot of uh, AEW. And I think that's a very perfect uh, phrase for this emotional heft. And that's what's been missing in NXT a lot recently, and they started to get it here. But Because NXT, we said it the first week of Head to Head. Uh, we may have even said it the second week that NXT has been putting on, in many ways, better wrestling matches. Yeah. But for the most part, they've just been matches. You know, it's just wrestler A wrestles wrestler B, and they they either continue or they don't, you know? Um, I mean, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic has happened, like, eight times, uh, three of which have been since they've started going head-to-head, you know? And, and they're good matches. They're banger matches. Uh, you could even say fight forever on them. But it's been more or less the same people and wrestling for no like discernible reason you know it's just like hey there's two big hosses let's have them fight and a perfect example last night and while i enjoyed the heck out of the match um angel garza versus uh jack gallagher was a phenomenal match but the only reason that they had the match was this is a number one contenders match um for who gets to face leo rush rush for the the nxt uh cruiserweight championship and so there was no emotional heft to that match other than this is a match for number one contender and it was a great match i loved it but it didn't have that emotional heft to it on the other side aew's uh entire show was based off of like things that were happening uh in in reality like in the storyline i should say um so you had uh, Pac versus John Moxley, which was based off of Pac versus uh, the Pac and John Moxley versus Kenny Omega, and right from yeah. last week, right? Adam yep, and Adam, Adam Page from last week, right? And the fallout of that, uh, and so that had emotional heft to it. Um, you had uh, the tag team 
uh, semifinals, right? So Lucha Brothers versus Private Party, which didn't have directly heft for that one, but it was still setting up this tournament that had gone on, right? You had SCU versus the Dark Order, right? And so the emotional heft for those two matches came with Lucha Brothers winning and SCU winning, leading up to their match next week for the inaugural championships, being these two people who have a grudge because Lucha Brothers took uh, Christopher Daniels out last week. Yeah. So you had that emotional heft there. Kenny Omega versus Joey Janela in a sanctioned match this time, um, where it was Joey Janela coming out to prove that he's not just a blood and guts hardcore wrestler. He is, he can be a real wrestler and he's out there trying to hang with the best bout machine arguably the best wrestler in the world, Kenny Omega, and he holds up to it. There's emotional heft to that. Uh, Young Bucks versus The Best Friends was maybe the lightest one of those, Uh, but it still had like emotion to it because you had The Best Friends out there being their best friends, but also kind of being healy. You had the Young Bucks out there trying to show why they... they deserve to be in uh, the uh, tag team tournament, even though they got eliminated in the first round. And then at the end, them accepting the the match with Ortiz and Santana. Um, and they did it in such a brilliant way. They didn't give this long WWE-style 20-minute long promo afterwards about how Santana and Ortiz, you challenged us for a match at full gear. We'll tell you. No, all they did, they grabbed the mic and they said, Santana and Ortiz, we accept drop the mic out that's it but it had this emotional feel to it um brit baker versus jamie uh, hater and when you do those things because then then the talk becomes about online what what's available on your other resources what's available on your youtube channel what's available on your facebook channel what's available on your snapchat channel um you know what's available on those other aspects of who you are that builds built to we accept rather than rather than vignettes that build to maybe I can catch the part of the match that was exciting that was during a commercial break uh, on YouTube if I go and somebody in the audience filmed it and put it on there gosh I hope that's really available you know like that's what we're getting kind of from from main roster WWE mm-hmm. we don't get that from NXT though so yeah, well, but like I say, I mean, NXT uh, still, it didn't have this, like, emotional heft, like I was saying. I mean, you had Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter, which didn't have really any build except for, as they said as she was making her entrance, Jamie Hayter in stardom is tag team partners with B Priestley, who, of course, has this feud with Britt Baker. So there was an emotional heft to it, even though there was nothing connecting them directly, right? And then this is Britt Baker trying to get a win and show that she deserved to be in that match against Riho for that uh, championship last week. That She didn't end up winning, but she needed to show that she deserved to be there. So every match, and then, of course, like the John Moxley versus Pac, and how it ended, emotional heft to it. And that's where uh, AEW, to me, got the edge. Because while NXT had great matches, Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley was phenomenal. Um, 
there was no like aside from these are two people who want to go after Shayna Baszler for the the championship. There's no like reason for them to fight. They didn't have a blood feud or anything like that. They were just like, we need to to fight so that we can show that we can get into the next round. Matt Riddle versus Cameron Grimes. Uh, we're just gonna fight for no emotional reason. Phenomenal fight, phenomenal match. Still, no emotional heft behind it. Well, that's, uh, it's Matt Riddle, and he there's no emotion behind Matt Riddle. And I feel about him how you feel felt about Natty in the past. <laughs> uh, Here's, well, uh, on a side note, because you just mentioned Bianca Belair. Uh, anybody, do you remember the the character Sindel from Mortal Kombat? A little bit. I didn't play a ton of Mortal Kombat. She had, she had this hair whip thing that she did that mm-hmm. spun people. I really want to see Bianca Belair do something with her hair like that. Well, like I mean, big, she, catches them by the neck and then they're stuck with it or whatever. She's she's whipped people with her hair before. Like no, I, I want to see it be like a finisher type thing where ah, I'm stuck by her hair that wrapped around my neck. She's done not quite like that, but she's used she's used her hair to to help um, uh, subdue people before. Um, and then, like I say, I mean, she's flat out whipped people, left welts on their back with her hair. Um, she has used it as an offensive weapon multiple times, but never quite Mortal Kombat style. Um, (laughs) or or just to you know put a put a put beads in use it with beads didn't we talk about that recently like having a wrestler that would put beads in their hair and just beat somebody with it um i don't i i think we might have mentioned it a little bit when uh um uh, uh new day Oh yeah, when, that's right. When uh, uh, Xavier Woods Xavier, had it, yeah, he he had the the Stevie Wonder beads in his hair, and to me it just looked uh, it looked painful, a little painful. Yes, yeah. But on Bianca Belair, because it's so long, there's so much hair there. That would be pretty epic. But so so that you know, I mean, ultimately, that's basically all I'm saying is that for me, AEW barely won because. In addition to having phenomenal matches, there was more emotion to me behind them. They're Um, still advancing their story is what you're saying uh last night. Well, and not even just advancing their story. I mean, it's just like there's still reason for people to fight other than this is a wrestling show. We're going to have fights happening, even if it's not like the the Britt Baker versus Jessica uh, Hader match didn't actually advance the B Priestley story in any way, right? No. B Priestley didn't come out and interfere. They just mentioned it, which made this feel like they had a reason to be fighting instead of just these are two people put together. Well, and, and uh, to that same note, it's part of our complaint about main rosters that I don't necessarily think main roster isn't good at doing storylines. I think they're good at doing one, maybe two storylines at a time. They just suck at, at interweaving storylines the way that, that AEW has the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. AEW legitimately created a heel-heel feud between Mox and Pac. Like, because yeah. they're mad about how the other one behaved. Like, that's awesome. So that's 
I mean, we got barely won, but that was my thoughts. Can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. Okay, you were skipping out. Sorry. I was just saying we we had you know got sidetracked onto the AEW versus NXT thing, but we were on your crime of uh, better storylines. Better storylines. I, I don't mean. Uh, William Regal being William an idiot. Regal. Yes. <laughs> I guess. Which makes for a phenomenal storyline. I don't know. Um, well, you know, he kind of... I, the, it's kind of part of his character. He's kind of like the uh, the out-of-touch school norm sort of character. You know what well, I mean? Even if you think back to... So think back to the Aleister Black gets attacked by Johnny Gargano line. Um, when that's happening, you know, he's, he's, uh, he gets attacked and, and nobody knew that it was Gargano, but he kind of went about it like, like a little bit of a dunce, but you know, with, with this, it's, it's like he's well-intended idiot cop mm-hmm. is kind of what it comes across like, and it's, it, he does it so very well. I could not believe how well he's done it over the last couple weeks. And if I think back to it, it's been that good the whole time. Uh, I'll have you know, well-intended idiot cop was my nickname back in the uh, uh, training core. Oh, well. <laughs> this is why you do a podcast. <laughs> well, I think we've talked uh, enough about William Well-intended idiot attorney. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Well, we will move on to crime number four. Crime number four. In many ways, uh, this is what I kind of alluded to earlier. Crime number four is NXT is being charged with showing the WWE how it's done because all it took was about 30 seconds to do what we have been saying needed to be done for years, turning Finn Balor heel and getting this huge pop. I mean, you saw that how quickly the crowd... First, there was a little bit of stunned silence, but then there was, yeah, because... He's he's been the smiling, you know, face for so long in WWE, and we've all known that he had so much more that he could give. Oh yeah, and, and I'm sorry that turn was so that was as beautifully executed as Owen Hart turning on Brett. Mm-hmm. Like that's the last time I can think of of it, and and there wasn't much to the previous crime there wasn't an emotional involvement like Owen Hart versus Brett there wasn't oh you turned on your best friend or or you you turned on your brother it was you came down here and you kicked our baby face mm-hmm. We're supposed to be coming out to defend our baby baby face yep. we're going to get great matches out of this uh, yeah well that's the other i mean I, it's one of the few reasons that I'm slightly more excited for next week's NXT than AEW. Um, and that's just to see what comes out of this. I mean, we know Gargano's going to do something to either confront or at the very least call out Balor. 
are we going to have Balor give any sort of uh, explanation? I sure hope not, because WWE loves to have the newly turned heel give the um, I did this because you wouldn't support me to the fans uh, speech like Sasha did and Bailey recently did and pretty much everyone who turns heel does. I I would love it, and I think they he did enough. Tried it with Becky. Mm-hmm. As I think they've already given us at least enough of a hint. On Twitter, he said, sometimes to move forward, you have to look to your past, and next week my past becomes my future. And his past was Prince Devitt in New Japan, him realizing that he needed to go back to that. He doesn't need any more explanation. We know why he did this. Now we just need to move on to see these phenomenal matches between Gargano and Balor, um, which I'm sure will culminate in a takeover. Um, Well, the other thing is, and that builds for one other aspect to that, and that, that interview I thought last week built quite a bit for Finn. Or for for Bray Wyatt, it built for your main roster. Who's the person that made Finn Balor have to reevaluate his past? The Fiend, or reevaluate mm-hmm. the path he's on, is the Fiend. And so, um, I don't know if that was intentional or if that was that was inadvertent. But that's the first thing I thought was, oh wow, they're they're putting over the Fiend on NXT. That means they know that NXT is one of their better shows to watch, and it and it reaches a different audience. So that was kind of cool too. But yeah, so I mean, that was that was really my thing, and so you kind of you beat me to the punch on on crime number four with your first crime. But it's just we've been saying this, and not just we, you and I, we've been saying it on our podcast and in private conversations for a long time. But we haven't been the only one. It's been all over the internet that Finn Balor needed to become heel, needed to go back to what made him who he was for I years. I wasn't indicting the crime, though, of, of the heel change. I was indicting the crime of how quick the action, that one movement was. <laughs> it was that impressive to watch him go. I mean, his flip happened faster than Pele's in a real Pele kick. Yeah. Well, and... and... You know, I was just so impressed with it hit square on Gargano's face. Gargano didn't have to move to one side. Uh, Balor didn't look over his shoulder to make sure Gargano was in a specific spot. He just took a step forward, started to take his jacket off, and then, nope, kick him in the face. It was it was boot to the head. So fast. Well landed and everything. Yeah, it was, and it was. And it was right to the face. Um, most of AJ's Pele kicks land in the shoulder neck kind of stinger area and this one landed right on it it may have inadvertently hit in the face (laughs) I don't know I don't know but it looked brutal and uh, this is a week we've had a lot of brutal hits and that one might be up there on the most brutal list for me um, you haven't seen AEW yet, so uh, wait until you see the V-Trigger that Kenny Omega pulls out on Janela. That one might actually edge this out a bit, but I don't know. It's going to be close. His this V-Triggers are, are so great. So <laughs> great. And I don't remember what female in WWE was doing them a little while. Uh, Dana Brooke did one a little while back. She, I mean, don't get me wrong. She can't do what he does. 
but she needs to use that V trigger more. <laughs> oh, it's such a brutal move. So, um, and then I'm excited for you to see AEW, for you to see the Cody uh, Jericho uh, happenings last night because it was phenomenal. And I know you haven't watched well, it yet. That's that's is that one of those? This isn't a prediction; it's a spoiler. Uh, no, it, okay, I'm gonna just have to tell you a little bit about how it happened, and, and this'll, this'll spoil you a bit, but you'll still enjoy it, I'm sure. So, uh, during one of the matches, um, I'm trying to remember which one it was, I think it was one of the, uh, uh, tag matches, uh, SCU versus the Dark Order, maybe? Yeah. Uh, during that match, uh, the camera panned to the crowd. You had Jericho and the rest of the inner circle, minus Jake Hager, uh, who is off training for his MMA match. Uh, so the four members of the inner circle, including Jericho, uh, uh, Sammy Guevara, and then uh, Ortiz and Santana, walking through the crowd up to one of the luxury boxes. Uh, with tickets in hand and popcorn and everything. Um, and and they go up there and the, the camera keeps showing them uh, in the luxury box, throwing popcorn and talking smack and all this stuff. Um, and the match continues and what happens in the match happens and you'll see that. Uh, but then a little bit later, uh, Cody comes out to uh, make a announcement. And, you know, he's in the ring with uh, Tony Schiavone, and he starts talking about this announcement. It's going to be a big deal. And then all of a sudden you hear these air horns coming really loud. And Cody stops for a minute and then tries to talk again, and the horns come up again. And then the camera goes up, and it's the inner circle up in their box with those air horns honking them to interrupt Cody and then uh, Jericho picks up a microphone and starts talking smack to Cody and uh, you know you're going to have to watch to get the exact wording of it but Cody uh, looks up at him and says you know this isn't like the company we used to work for I can cross this invisible wall and just come up there and kick your ass (laughs) which was a great great moment that was awesome uh, and then uh, Cody takes off his jacket and undoes his tie and starts going towards the, the barricades and to climb over. And then Jericho points out that you're not going to come up here. There's just one of you and there's four of us. Um, and Cody pauses for a moment. And then uh, Dustin's music hits. And out comes Dustin uh, in full gear again. So apparently he does just sit around backstage in the in the pleather suit and makeup. <laughs> well, the, the, uh, uh, the S&M gimp outfit, only not quite as gimpy. Yeah, apparently. But um, <laughs> but then Jericho correctly points out that it's still two to four, so they still double up on, on uh, Cody. And then MJF's music hits. And MJF comes out, and uh, they start climbing the barricades, and, and Jericho has a great line about, I used to, I'm supposed to be scared of him. He wears a scarf. Who wears a scarf? Which is really funny. Which is hilarious. 
because of Jericho's <laughs> previous persona as the guy who wears a scarf. Um, and now wears a fedora. Uh, but makes so there's some questionable fashion choices, doesn't he? But there's they're still starting to make their way up. But uh, Jericho points out again, it's still four to three, so they still have the advantage. And at this point, you know there's going to be another music hit. Uh, and I bet you right now, if I gave you 10 guesses as to what music is going to hit, you would not get it. So let's just go with two or three guesses. Two or three guesses. Well, if I'm not going to get it, I have to rule out the Jacksons, all of SCU, and Omega. Correct. Sean Spears? No. Guess number two. Um, guess number two is... Uh, Rusev. No. Do you want to try guess number three, or do you just want me to give it up to you? I, I think you're just going to have to give it up to me, because I don't have a clue. It's me. It's me. It's D D P. Awesome! And, and so he comes out, and, and in a brilliant moment, he's doing his, his diamond signal in the sky, and MJF does the diamond signal down low, um, which, uh, if, if you don't remember Ready to Rumble, uh, uh, they made fun of it that a diamond upside down is a pussy. <laughs> but anyways, so they go up, <laughs> go all the way up, and they get to the skybox, and during that time, the entire inner circle goes back into a room in the skybox and shuts the door. The door's got a big glass window on it, and they shut the door. And they're taunting uh, Cody and, and his friends through the glass. And Cody just looks over at MJF and holds his hand out. MJF takes the scarf off. Cody wraps it around his fist and punches through the glass and then opens the door, and a fight breaks out. And it was awesome. And at one like point, a legit fist fight looking thing. Yeah, legit fist fight and some some wrestling fight, but it. it and then eventually it, scroll, it gets out into the uh, concession area, and uh, Jericho's face gets put into a Dippin' Dots stand, uh, which was pretty funny, and may end up with a uh, uh, Cody Rhodes version of Dippin' Dots coming out at some point. Legitimately <laughs> through Twitter, uh, they said, "Leave the Dippin' Dots alone. We'll give you your own flavor." We're thinking Rocky Roads. Ah, yes. But so, but it was a great segment. It really took me back to a lot of the good things from WCW in the day and WWE back before they got stale. So, so legitimately, they're they're doing some some faction warfare, which we've said uh-huh. is much needed right now. Um, they've got some crossovers to the faction, which we've never really seen. I don't remember ever seeing crossovers to the factions. Um, I also enjoy that the factions are heels and faces. Yep. Like MJF is, is really a wild card in this setup. Um, being a heel in a face faction. Mm-hmm. Cause he's the healiest heel in the whole heel world. Except to his bestie. Except to his bestie. Who he'll give a a scarf so you don't cut your hand. We don't want you to cut your hand, fella. Yeah, hey, fella. (laughs) 
Wow. Well, I'm, I'm excited to watch that. Um, it's unfortunate that so much of our show had to focus on Wednesday night. Um, really, all of it did, theoretically, if you think most of the name drops are from NXT. Um, most of the name changes. So, yeah, I... Uh, I'm impressed, but I'm also disappointed that we couldn't find anything good enough to talk about on Raw or SmackDown. Um, well, I mean, like I said, the the biggest thing, like Raw and SmackDown, to me, were just kind of disappointing. You know, really? no, nothing really happened. Well, it's because they're building to a show that that a large percentage of fans just aren't that really interested in. And I, and here's the deal: WWE is getting paid well enough. It doesn't matter if the fans are interested in it or not. Yeah. Uh, come next Thursday, I mean, it well, doesn't. In reality, uh, what if I were WWE, I would do is uh, put on this show for Saudi Arabia. Fine, you're going to take that money. Take that money. Just don't talk about it. Don't pitch it to the American crowds. Put on this big show for Saudi Arabia, uh, but continue because that's the biggest probably crime of the Saudi Arabia shows uh, is that they take away build from the stuff that matters to us here in America. You know, like we should be into the build to Survivor Series right now or at the very least, whatever the late October pay-per-view normally would have been, TLC, I believe. Yeah, whatever it would have been. They canceled it this year for Saudi Arabia. So we should be building towards something that matters right now, but we're not. We should be building feuds for the women right now, but we're not because uh, we're focusing on the Saudi Arabia show, which isn't going to have any women on it. Yeah, we I mean, legitimately, the best build to a women's feud we have right now is between Bailey and some some uh, creatable inflatables. Yeah, exactly. And. And the simple fact is, like, last year at least, they said, oh, we're going to do Saudi Arabia, but we're going to give you a women's only pay-per-view, which was maybe the best pay-per-view of the entire year, arguably. Uh, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, we don't and, even have evolution happening this year. Yeah, we don't even have that this year. They're just skipping it entirely. And so... Which, um, with the roster that they have, which has improved even over last year, mm-hmm. um, you know, and now you have women's titles, you know, women's tag titles to go with it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of pumped about this whole Nikki cross line. Um, I mean, same, same story, different day with Sasha and Bay and, uh, and sorry, Sasha and Becky. Uh, but this Nikki cross setup was kind of cool. And, and it's going to lead us somewhere probably with Cross and Alexa at some point. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of pumped about it, but you're right. It's fairly silent because they don't want it to take away from the Saudi Arabia show. And, and quite frankly, the first four Saudi, is this the fifth one or fourth one? Four, first three or four. So the first three Saudi Arabia shows had so many matches that just made you go, why? Yeah. Well, they, they, yeah. they didn't make any sense. They they tried out these these older stars mostly because the people uh, behind the Saudi Arabia shows in the Saudi Arabian government don't know anything about the modern product, so they just assume you know that these old stars will show up. So you trot out Flair and you trot out Hogan, who I'm sure are getting a ton of money for it and more power to them, I guess. But like. 
you know, like when you have an ail- ailing, aging grandfather, you don't want your memories to be of them now. You want them to be of them then, right? Yeah. And every time I see Hogan and Flair come out, like I could probably live the rest of my life without seeing Hogan again on my TV. Uh, but Flair's another you know one there that it's just like. Every time I see him come out, I don't have, like, happy memories of Flair anymore. Well, I just I mean, have these, oh, look at him. He's so old memories now. Yeah, I mean, he, he cut probably the, one of the worst promos of his career mm-hmm. to set this thing up. Um, out of order, not probably, not really done the way they wanted it to. Um, had to have Had to have Hogan get him back on track. Had to have, which just sounded terrible. Um, had to have Miz get him back on track. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, you're right. It's just, it's watching Flair is like watching um, watching your grandpa go through dementia. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's bad. It is. And his his promo this week, introducing Drew McIntyre as the final member of his team, wasn't any better. And no. it's just it just makes me sad, and it doesn't give me these happy feelings that that I should get when watching a show like WWE, and and SmackDown was much the same. And I mean, in the end, NXT and AEW are showing them how it's done. And yeah, they're not getting the number of people that Raw and SmackDown are getting, but a SmackDown is on Fox. It is literally on antenna in every home in the United States. Yeah. Right. Um, so it gets 5 million viewers or 3 million viewers like last week. Um, that's huge ratings for WWE, but that's small potatoes for Fox, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, USA Fox Network... The is 3 million viewers a week out of that. Yeah. Um, that's huge compared to every other show, yeah. but it's also the most available. Yeah. In the weakest night on television. In the weakest night yeah. on television. But that's the deal. It's, it's, you know, I mean, literally 300 plus million households, uh, 300 plus million people in America, um, you know, and and it's in every one of those households, right? Whereas uh, USA Network and TNT both are in households of about a quarter of the people in America or well, less. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, like I said, I think I looked, USA Network says, because they're both on cable, which means if you don't pay for cable, you don't get them at all, right? Yeah, but they're also available on streaming services. Like, I get them through a streaming service. You do get them through streaming services, which uh, goes up, but, but the amount of people who subscribe to streaming, streaming services like us um, is still small beans compared to cable. And so the last estimate I read was in terms of cable, uh, USA Network was on about 50 million households in America. And uh, that's probably about half the households. And TNT was uh, on about 49. So just around that 50 million. But it's still, uh, it's probably about a third of the households if we, you know, think there's about three people average in most households. Um, 350 million people in the U.S. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. So, so, but it's still, it's, you know, it's it's one of those where you're just like, really, you know, Fox and, and these are going to have higher numbers 
because of just how many more households they're in. And then Raw has been on USA Network on Monday nights for 30 years almost. Uh, You know, it's, it's become a tradition there. But Wednesday nights are not a typical wrestling night, or haven't been. So for AEW to get a million people and NXT to get uh, uh, three quarters of a million people, uh, that's that's big numbers, really, for those days. Uh, Against a a more competitive night, like we said. There's on those nights there's several reality shows in fact the number one reality show in the country is on fox that very night um and and uh, uh what's the the mass singer or whatever yeah um and i've never watched it i'm not i'm not trying to dog on the show or not but i'm saying that it takes like they're competing with the number one reality show in the country and reality TV gets a lot of coverage right mm-hmm. now. Um, whereas Fox is going up against... Do they still have TGIF? No, not really. It's um, going up against not a football night, which Raw gets has to go up against football. Um, and it's going up against not really a sports night at all. I mean, maybe you go up against a basketball game or two or right now the world series in fact tomorrow night they will go up against the world series um but that's not going to be an all the time thing that's just going to be a some of the time thing so Mm -hmm. i don't know what else to to say regarding that i uh because you're right i mean i think fox is justified in saying hey y'all should be getting half i mean you should be should be doubling up pretty easily on Wednesday's total wrestling watch because you've got a larger audience and you've got this and you've got that and so yeah I, I don't disagree with that in the least and I would t- I would say Smackdown the last of the last two episodes that weren't last night Smackdown put on a better show than Raw however Smackdown's a little tough to follow because again we're back to the Brock Lesnar champion um they did not have to make Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar about a title. And that's frustrating. Mm-hmm. But they did it for... It sounds like they did it mostly for Saudi Arabia. Like, why couldn't you just have Cain Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar? Brock's a jerk. Cain beat him. That That's a story by itself. You don't need a title in there. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But, it... But that's the deal. Like, you know, I mean, we've said before, Wednesday nights is by far the best night in wrestling. Right uh, now. Right now, currently. Um, and yeah, you know, like I said, a, a, the ratings in right now, uh, AEW was just under a million. 963,000 people watching it. NXT dropped again. Uh, it's a, just under 700,000 people watching. But that still means that 1.6 million people watched uh, on a night when you had the second night of NBA for the season. Watched yeah. wrestling. Right. That's still huge. And you put that up against Raw's numbers over the last six months. Combined... They went up against the World Series last night, too. Uh-huh. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you're going up against... the. This is the best... 
time of year in sports in terms of, of what's getting played. You're getting the very beginning of the NBA season. You're getting the very beginning of the hockey season. You're getting the end of baseball and you're getting the thick of football. So at least in American sport, um, non, non American, you know, you throw in soccer, it's probably more summertime. They're competing in the U S market against the most difficult time. And they're pulling one, 1. 1.6 million on that night. When SmackDown again on a night that, that typically doesn't compete against other sports. Um, SmackDown's going to get a pull less than double that. Uh-huh. And that's sad with a lot more exposure, a lot more exposure. Oh, and by the way, these two brands have existed for on television on basic cable television for a month and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of 20 or 30 years, 20 and 30 years. Yeah. Like longest running weekly episodic. That's also the longest running weekly underperforming. In but like it's, I mean, so much of it is just you and I were talking about how Wednesday was the one that came up with all the, the crimes for this. Because for the most part, Monday night and last uh, Friday night were not memorable. Like, I mean, I could have put a huge crime on how they're continuing to do this Rusev, Alana, Bobby Lashley angle. Oh, um, despite but the broke, fact that scratch the record, pal. Yeah, despite the fact that nobody nobody wants to see it, but but we've talked about it before multiple yeah. times, and and they didn't do anything fresh with it. They did the old. Uh, they're oh, having did dinner show up at the hotel or dinner or whatever. Yeah, that. But that's we've seen that before. This gimmick is not even is it in poor tapes. It's just been done before. All, yeah. beat for beat before we've seen this yeah. exact same angle take place before and you can tell that Rusev's not really in it like he's just waiting out his contract he's I'm told I have to do this so I'm gonna be angry and I'm gonna go here but you watch that when he shows up at the restaurant and he's barely putting any work into it um, and not a pissed off Certainly not a pissed off ex-husband or cheated on yeah. husband. And so, so, you know, you just watch this and, and none of the angles have any emotional heft, to use the phrase I was using earlier, yeah. on on Raw or SmackDown. And admittedly, SmackDown is in a weird state of flux. Um, you had Bischoff, who was in charge, but not really in charge, apparently. Um, you had Pritchard, who is making most of the decisions before, but now he's officially in charge. Um, you had this whole move to, to Fox, and then this draft that uh, was supposed to give them stars, but but it didn't really give them stars because Bray Wyatt is still showing up on Raw anyways and going to be wrestling at Crown Jewel against the Raw superstar. You know, so they're in this kind of weird place, but... Like, without typing it into my Google machine here, I don't think I could tell you anything that happened on SmackDown. I I can tell you Nikki Cross became the number one contender oh, for the women's yep. title. It, it, that, uh, that, was, that was the high point of the show for me. Yeah. Um, and and it was a really, it was, it was some of Bailey's best storytelling. It was certainly Nikki Cross's 
maybe not best, but best on the main roster. Um, her best story was when she was going after Oscar's title in NXT, which again points to another brand that we've already talked about producing better. So yeah, but so and that's I mean I guess you know in the end the big reason that WWE Raw and SmackDown didn't show up more on this show has less to do with this being recorded on Thursday night while AEW and NXT are fresh in our mind and more with the fact that there is so little to be happy about on Raw and SmackDown that I would rather not waste my time throwing crimes at things that are legitimately bad and instead throw crimes at things that we enjoyed like Finn Balor kicking Johnny Gargano in the face. (laughs) Well, and, and again, the most memorable thing for me, obviously on SmackDown was Nikki Cross. I can't say that I can develop a crime there. Like I'm happy it happened. Uh, it really wasn't a swerve. She came out right before the match, and so it made it look pretty obvious that that's what's going to happen. Um, she didn't win with a swerve. Um, the stare down was kind of cool, you know. I mean, they're just and I, and again, I don't need a swerve. It's not like I need some type of swerve all the time. There's just not much story to be told there. Um, and I'm, as I said, I'm hoping they're building towards an Alexa Bliss angle there with her, with Nikki, but yeah. I don't know. I don't have a clue what's going on there. Yeah. I mean, the only all crime, that emotionally invested. Yeah. The only crime I could throw at it was that Alexa Bliss wasn't involved in any real way, shape or form. Like it would have be... come out and hug Nikki. Yeah, it would have made sense for her to be at ringside rooting on her best friend Nikki at the very least. But this is that's a nitpicky little crime and it really doesn't matter. You well, know, and- or, or helping defend Nikki against the beatdown from Sasha and Bailey. Something. Just anything. <laughs> so yeah. And so yeah, there you're right. There's not a crime there and uh, not a positive crime, not a negative crime. I suppose you're kind of s- sort of telling a story, but you don't want it to interfere with with next Thursday. You know, it's just so confused. It's it's can can you do can you do something more with this? You know, obviously we have to eliminate certain super or certain superstars um, because of they're they're not going to Saudi Arabia. Um, I, I really didn't expect us to talk about Saudi Arabia this much. I mean, well, uh, I'm supposed to. I think I'm going to be talking on on Real Talk Radio uh, with Justin about Saudi Arabia, but I know you're not watching it, right? Nope, I'm not watching it. And this makes a good enough time for us to talk. Uh, don't expect uh, the wrestling booking unit to be doing a, an episode on Saudi Arabia or, or really talking about it much in all. Um, no, we're not a- discuss crimes or fantasy booking for it. Um, we only brought it up tonight because it's it, it literally, you're right, it's a distraction from the quality of, of television we could put out. So because so. of that, I, I feel like a programming note uh, right now should at least be discussed um so we're not going to be doing anything on crown jewel um next week uh we're also because that takes place on thursday i believe yep, thursday um, 
which is when we normally are recording. But uh, programming note probably is we're probably not going to have an episode recording Thursday night because more importantly than Crown Jewel, Thursday night is Halloween. And both of us have kids. Hey, man, come on, man. I got kids. And and both of us probably are going to be spending time with said kids uh, on Thursday night. So WB will be delayed next week. It'll be at the very least delayed. Um, If not, uh, we might record a special episode later in the week or something. But just the programming note is don't expect uh, necessarily a WBU on Friday morning when you fire up your machine, whatever you use. I just realized when we do WBU next week, because everything's going to be directed towards Thursday, it's going to be another NXT AEW episode. Oh, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be that probably for a long time because... You know, like, it really simply comes down to I just don't want to be negative. And there's just not a lot to be super positive about on Raw and SmackDown right now. Hey, and on the bright side, crazy girl, title shot. Yeah. I, I guess we got Kevin Owens back on Raw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for helping out, helping out uh, um, Street Profits. For reasons, I guess. Because stuff. Yeah. He, he didn't even have a feud with AJ before this. Like, yeah, there's just no, there's no reason for him to legitimately not like AJ. I don't know. Like this story, that's what we're talking about, I guess. So, all right. Um, you got any any minor crimes? I'm not even going to go into them because I don't want to go into them. But yeah. if you got, any, let's uh, let's get let's get the rest of the docket filled out and adjourn. Misdemeanors and miscellaneous. Well, I didn't have a ton of misdemeanors. Uh, like I already said, I feel like a broken record, but A&W and NXT, AEW and NXT are both charged with putting on excellent shows. Uh, root beer is delicious. Yeah, A and W's root beer is delicious. So, uh, unfortunately, that doesn't fall directly under our purview, uh, but we will pass that on to the root beer unit. <laughs> Hashtag still not sponsored. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the other like little misdemeanor is something I can't remember which podcast said it, um, but it's it's a misdemeanor on WWE because they've apparently maybe subconsciously chosen to stop creating stars and create moments instead and it it apparently goes all the way up to vince mcmahon that he's been hurt over the years uh based on losing his big name stars like the rock and stone cold creating these huge stars that and and hogan when hogan left for wcw and and Bret Hart, you know, and all these, creating these stars and then losing them and feeling like that's holding the company back. So it's been a creative direction uh, where instead they focus on creating moments. And I mean, you think about it, they don't talk about uh, Hogan uh, at WrestleMania without talking about the WrestleMania moment of Hogan slamming Andre. Um, they, their whole thing with WrestleMania is 
advertising how it's you know everyone wants their wrestlemania moment and and they're so scared that if they create a star that the star will leave them at some day and and then they'll be worse off that they don't realize that creating stars creates moments uh the rock didn't have all those wonderful moments because they were scripted moments he had all those wonderful moments because he was the rock you know because because yeah well same with stone cold like you just created a character stone cold's character sucks without it being a character you know without being moments yeah. you know i am sure the beer truck doesn't is, is cool with somebody else but the beer truck was cool with stone cold because it was stone cold yeah yeah you know and, that's and the, the other side to that same same story so you're trying to create moments and you're worried about getting hurt by these what hurts you the only the only reasonable one that you can say did not elevate you that actually caused you some damage in their leaving the only one is hogan mm-hmm. well you i mean the because- damage comes with the ratings lull that happens after they leave um but you the know. only one that works is, is Stone Cold. You can't, or is is um, Hogan? Stone Cold just left wrestling. It's not like he went somewhere else. No, he was injured. He had neck injuries. It was but, time to hang it up. The like, Rock went to movies, like most of which he made you money for. Yeah, I agree. I, I I do understand kind of where they're coming from. I mean, if you look at from the Attitude Era to the Ruthless Aggression Era and the fall-off in ratings there, and then the fall-off in ratings after Cena left recently, um, you can correlate, hey, these superstars, we make them celebrities, we make them superstars, and then they leave to go do something else, whether it's wrestling or whether it's movies or whatever, and we see a drop in ratings because we no longer have this superstar. So the logic that they've jumped to, instead of let's create more superstars so we don't have that drop, is instead, let's not create superstars at all, let's create these moments. So Because moments can't ever leave you. Like, doesn't matter where Hogan goes, that WrestleMania moment of him slamming Andre is always there. It doesn't matter what happens to Stone Cold, the beer truck moment is always there. It doesn't matter what whatever happened to Carmella, right? But her winning a big match at WrestleMania or Becky's WrestleMania moment from this last year uh, will always be there. So, and that in many ways, that's part of what stopped them from getting behind Becky Lynch in the beginning was because she was becoming a star, not a moment. She had the moment, like the pre-Survivor series almost exactly one year ago. Um, yeah. Bro- uh, broken face. Broken face, standing up there, holding her arms out, bleeding from her face, saying, come on. That was a great moment. Uh, but it was... It was based on them trying so hard not to create a star, uh, just yeah. to create moments. And and we've had private conversations before about that's what WWE is missing the most right now, is they don't have any stars. Well, and everybody they see as a star, i.e. Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, and all that, fans aren't behind as a star. 
No. You know, at the end of the day, I will flat out say Baron Corbin is a heel star. I enjoy hating Baron, Baron Corbin. Well, I mean, to use AEW as an example, um, you watch Kenny Omega walk to the ring. He's a star. Yes. Right? Uh, Cody Rhodes is a star. And these are people who made themselves stars on the independent circuit, made themselves stars after leaving WWE and Cody's uh, word. Um, But these are people, you know, that are stars. Like, they have this star potential. They have that it factor that you see from from The Rock and Stone Cold. And, And, you know, to use The Rock and Stone Cold as examples, both of those people specifically became stars not because of WWE, but almost in spite of WWE, right? Stone Cold had to go off to uh, ECW to create this Stone Cold gimmick. And The Rock was being forced to be a face, Rocky Maivia, you know, uh, for so long. And it just wasn't working. And then one day they said, do whatever you want. And he created the rock persona and it became the biggest thing in wrestling for a while. And yeah. and and so much of it I just think comes down to WWE is so scared to create these stars that they're holding themselves back. And it's why, you know, it, it's why when the fiend I mean, came along, we were so worried that they would mess it all up, and rightfully so, apparently. Because he was a star. And they yeah. didn't create him. He created and, and himself. Really not bright not not necessarily the fiend, not the guy in the matches. Really the guy in the cartoon. That's the star. Bray Wyatt in Firefly Funhouse is truly the star of the whole thing. That's the one that we go, Oh, this guy's cool. This is freaking hilarious. This is entertainment. You know, this is this is what this is what made me turn into wake up Sacramento or whatever it was to see that to see that character because if the fiend had been on there and he didn't attack all the staff on that show well that's just stupid <laughs> you know it's just it's just dumb but Bray going on there and doing what he does that's good stuff you know and so yeah you're right it, it's creating this these stars I mean so are they doing this with Charlotte too? I mean, Charlotte's a star. She's legit. Well, yeah, but I don't I think she's another accidental star. I think she was supposed to be just moments. These WrestleMania moments and these other things and she kind of became a star. But at the same point, if Charlotte leaves, I don't see it having an effect. Like no. She's she is a star, but she's not The Rock. She's not Stone Cold. She's not up there. Now, Becky Lynch, if Becky Lynch were to walk away today, right, they would lose something because there are people who legitimately tune in to see Becky Lynch. Well, um, and I, it, it, I mean, if you were to go through the roster right now, in terms of star power, um, Becky would cause some serious damage if she, if she were to leave. Um, Bray people would go to I think I lost you well it looks like uh, I lost uh, DA Fabe here um, but that's okay we were going to try to wrap things up here we 
gone a little bit over an hour and a half, so um, I'm just going to close this out here. As always, I like to invite you to like, share, subscribe, rate us on your podcast platform of choice, um, whether you use Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever. We've even been putting these up on YouTube, so search for us, Raw and Order WBU, on YouTube. You can watch and listen to us there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at whatever his new Twitter handle will be since his promotion. Um, and then always go to anchor.fm, leave us a voice message. You can support us there, throw us some money to help us improve audio quality and everything and make sure that we don't lose DA Fabe in the future. Um, but for now, the wrestling booking unit um, is going to adjourn. Case closed until next time. Thank you.